And now it's time for our favorite time of the night, the fourth quarter. Go ahead, Mirren and Jake, bring it on. And I want to talk about the one and only Orlando City Soccer. Hear the Lions roar. Six straight, six straight wins. They got the big victory over Real Salt Lake on Sunday. So it's been awesome. And also, I mean, the attendance has been up. Uh, you've actually, you know, somebody from Orlando City Soccer, and she's got to be pretty pleased right now with how Orlando City is playing right now. I mean, the men's games are always sold out, so that's not a worry about the attendance. But I'm mm-hmm. just so impressed by uh, the team this year. ESPN Power Rankings have them at number six, which is actually wow. one higher. Ooh than the MLS. So ESPN said they really hope that after they beat Atlanta on Sunday at 6 p.m. home game, make sure you get your tickets, uh, that the MLS will show them a little more respect and move them up on those power rankings. Absolutely. And speaking about uh, respect, Tampa Bay Lightning, let's go. They are on their way to the Eastern Conference Finals. I was watching that game on on, uh, Saturday, and wow, Wow, wow. It was so cool when I saw a defenseman, Anton Strauman, hit that empty netter. Like, it was pitch perfect. It was like a bullseye to him. And just him just hitting that net, it was sweet to see. And a 3-1 to victory. And, ladies and gentlemen, Washington Capitals. Yes, Washington Capitals. But before we get that, I think we're missing something super important about the Lightning. Ooh, what's that? That they are actually the most aggressive offense. They're scoring three and a half goals per game, which is incredible. And I would really like to see them play the Knights. And I'm going to call them the goaltending gorillas. <laughs> yes, because we have Flurry, okay, on the Knights. They has 28 saves in his last game, okay, last matchup. Then we have Valaskevsky with the Lightning. Yeah, you got it. Yes, and he's a great. He's incredible too. So I would really like to see the Knights playing uh, the Lightning. But let's get back on the Capitals. Uh, yes, Washington, D.C. Mm-hmm. has had 71 consecutive seasons of not seeing any team get into a conference final. So this is really exciting. Honestly, if you want to Google Capital fans, they're doing some sound <laughs> bites. They're saying, yeah, they're jumping up and down. You almost can't hear them because they just can't believe that their team. I mean, this is 20 years since they've been in the finals. To break that down, 7,265 days. Wow. That's a really long time, and that's some committed fans. And it didn't come easy because they had to go to overtime. They were knotted up at one apiece last night, and they were able to come up with that big-time goal and end the Penguins. Oh, I never saw Matt Murray fall so fast on the ice. It was it was crazy to me. But, yeah, you're absolutely right. I would love to see the Tampa Bay Lightning versus the Golden Knights because the Golden Knights have been an absolute blast to watch. William Carlson, I am loving Mark andre Fleury, though. Mark andre Fleury is like a human highlight reel. I saw him do like some kind of impression of Super Mario, you know, in with Nintendo, and I saw him like jump up on the ice, off the ice. It was crazy to me, but I mean, it didn't come easy. It took six games, but man, the Golden Knights are like the feel-good story that nobody is talking about right now in the sports world, and I can't wait to see what happens next because we got Game Seven tomorrow night, Nashville and Winnipeg. That's right, and they are the only third team in NHL history to win more than one playoff game. 
But, you know, talking Uh about the playoffs, let's switch. I know you're probably sick of it, but I want to talk a little (laughs) bit about LeBron. Oh, come on. Yeah, so he's averaging around 40 minutes a game. Mm -hmm. That's 3,481 minutes this season, the most in NBA. And I got a little something here from Saturday Night Live that I want to play. Ooh. Cavaliers playoffs 2018. We run this league. Nothing gonna stop LeBron James. Everybody knows about LeBron, but don't forget about us. The other Cavaliers. And whatever LeBron needs, we'll get it done. As long as what he needs isn't basketball. (laughs) But we've got everything else covered. Every time LeBron makes a free throw, I'm right there with that high five like, there you go, LeBron. I always got LeBron's back. And his shoulders. I hold LeBron's third and fourth cell phone. You know that thing where you roll the ball up the court to save time? I'm pretty good at that. And I only play in blue jeans. I average zero points, zero assists, six personal fouls. I sweep up LeBron's chalk. I run the pick and roll. That's when I pick up LeBron's laundry and roll it on over to his house. I'm 53 years old. I have seven kids. And two of them are also on the Cavs. Our point guard is a Roomba. I'm still learning the rules, and I'm a slow learner. We run an offense called Hot Potato. LeBron throws us the ball, we throw it right back. Hot Potato. (laughs) Now, I just have to say, if that doesn't say it, I don't know what else does. So let's just, I hope every player for the Cavaliers are on their knees praying that LeBron doesn't get hurt, and luckily they have a couple weeks to kind of rest up before the next. But it looks like it's going to be the Rockets versus the Warriors. That's a 95% yep. chance. Um, and the Cavs are going to face uh, the Celtics. So that's pretty exciting. But let's get back to some local news on the Tampa Bay Rays. Jake, you want to talk about them? Well, actually, first off, I just wanted to say that clip that you found, that was a courtesy of Saturday Night Live. So very big appreciation to that as well. Very funny, by the way. Uh, But, yeah, baseball has been uh, pretty insane here for Tampa Bay, especially with the pitching. And we were talking about this before we came on the show. I mean, Blake Snell right now is pitching a pretty good game, even though they're down one to nothing right now to the Atlanta Braves. 4-1 record, 2.55 ERA. His whip is a sick .94 and 45 strikeouts. Jake Faria, 30 strikeouts, 3-1, a 4.15 ERA. But the one that shocked me the most about the pitching you were talking about, Chris Archer, 2-2, two and two, 5.32 ERA. And he's right now in a contract year because he's supposed to be making $18 million. Yes, and what I was going to say about Chris Archer, so glad you mentioned him. Thank you. That he had six players out, struck him out, only five hits, no walks, over a seven-inning stretch. But unfortunately, that was not enough because they still lost 2-1 to one against the Blue Jays. But going back to the really interesting pitching style mm-hmm. is we're seeing teams like the Indians, the Cubs, kind of take off of the Rays, which means the Rays are doing something right. If you're not familiar with uh, baseball, I'm just going to break it down for you. Traditional Ooh. roster has about 12 pitchers, five starters and seven relievers. Um, but now what they're seeing is they don't really need that official starting pitcher. 
they only need about six or seven guys that can pitch a really solid one to two innings and just put them in and take them out, which is really interesting because I don't know, Jake, if you've ever played sports. Have you ever played like softball, baseball? Oh, yeah, when I was a kid. Okay. You're pretty tall. You got a big strikeout. Oh, thank you. I appreciate that. But, you know, after you you get a pitcher pitching to you, you kind of get used to it. You know Mm -hmm. how they're going to pitch that ball to you. Well, I came back. I came from the days when you know pitchers would go about eight or nine innings, no problem. Nowadays, it's pretty much okay. Six innings pitched. All right, a reliever here, reliever here, eighth inning guy, closer, all that. I like what the Rays are doing. I think it's good. I mean, I understand some baseball purists out there are going to say, "Oh, they're going to throw their arm out." You know what? This is the kind of old school idea we need because you were talking about the Cubs. They're struggling right now. You Darvish is pretty much a shell of himself. Tyler Chatwood is getting uh, pretty much beaten down as well. And even John Lester's having some problems here and there as well. So, I mean, it's not working for them, but the Rays are doing the old school way. It's really working for them. Now, even though they're one game below 500 right now, the Rays have been a lot of fun to watch, especially the pitching duels. And you've known me for quite some time. I love pitching duels. I think they're the best thing about baseball, in my opinion, aside from the home runs. Well, it's also very exciting to see, you mm-hmm. know, just just the pitching taking place. All right, right. but I, I'm done with baseball. You know, it, it's okay. It's a really long season. We have a long way to go, folks. So let's True. talk about uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Honestly, yes. somebody I truly admire, Tony Dungy. Um, I, I'm from Tampa originally, so I have to say being in Tampa – when Coach Dungy was was there for spring training and you could go meet him and see him speak and all the efforts he did with Tampa Bay is just incredible. And I know you wanted to talk about him. Well, the th- congratulations first off to Coach Dungy. Truly deserves it being in that ring of honor alongside uh, Coach John Gruden, who's now at the Raiders. But the greatest thing about Tony Dungy was is that he brought him from the Yucks to the Buccaneers. They had such a strong defense. He was able to find a way to bring in guys like Derek Brooks and Warren Sapp in the draft and bring yeah, that defense Warren to life. Sapp. Rondé Barber, Dexter Jackson was brought in. You're forgetting A-Train, Mike Allstott. Yes, exactly. Anthony Booger McFarland on the team as well. They brought in Simeon Rice at times. Tony Dungy was such a fantastic coach because he was the one that set the blueprint to success for Tampa, and they should always be thankful, always be thankful. The Tony Dungy did that in 1995. And if you don't know a little stats about him, so he Ooh. was with the Buccaneers for six seasons, mm-hmm. and he actually brought them to four playoffs. That's pretty yes. impressive, in, in my opinion, because the Bucks are not seeing that happen going forward. And the thing is, too, imagine if they would have had a quarterback. If they would have actually had a legitimate quarterback with the Buccaneers, I think they could have won more than one Super Bowl ring. I think they would have got Dungy one for him instead of going to Indianapolis and winning one, which was even better. Well, I'm looking forward to uh, this year. I know they've made some draft decisions for defense, mm-hmm. which is really good. They have uh, Mike or Mike Evans, which is great. They're really investing in Winston, which is great. Um, but going back to Tony Dungy being in the ring of honor, that's mm-hmm. going to be week three against the Steelers, which should be... <sighs> A great game. Um, one thing Brian Glazier said, he's the owner of the Buccaneers and co-chairman. He said that Tony actually transformed the entire um, you know, front office and the team into a winning culture that actually is continuing on just to build upon franchise history. Mm-hmm. And just he's an exceptional leader. 
and that they learn so much from him and they strive every day to achieve, you know, what what he's done. And I hope that they see that in the future. I would love for them to reach the playoffs and Super Bowl again. Yeah, well, I know for one fact, though, the late Malcolm Glazer, who hired Tony Dungy, would definitely be proud of this. And I'm really glad to see that the Bucks are going to do this. And hopefully they could take down the Steelers a peg or two. So looking forward to that. And speaking about that, we got more coming. We got a lot more coming here on The Heat Is On. Oh,